Hello and welcome to Full Contact Nerd, where we talk about fiction and storytelling in all its forms. From the weird to the fantastic, horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, mysteries, anything you can ask for, we have it. I'm Chris Alvarez and thank you for listening. I'm speaking with Richard Hand and Jay McCroy, editors of Gothic Film and Edinburgh Companion, published by Oxford University Press. Uh, May 1st, 2020. Thank you both for speaking with me. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. In- Thank you. Um, so I guess I'll start with Richard, um, and then Jay, you can answer this. How did mm-hmm. how did you get into studying and editing a book on this subject? Well, I guess I've had a sort of academic interest for, for a long time in, in horror in the broadest sense, and Gothic is is part of that, or perhaps horror is part of Gothic, I'm not sure. And over the years, I've published various things. I've published a lot on horror theatre and Gothic theatre, and even horror radio as well. And then um, many years ago, I met a guy called Jay McCroy at a a conference, (laughs) a popular culture association conference. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we were both on a horror panel. I think so. uh, that's right, isn't it? Am I misremembering it? <laughs> I don't remember, but I think you're right. Um, and at that time, we were both interested in the place of adaptation in relation to horror. And uh, and so we kind of worked together, co-edited a book I think we're both very proud of, mm. which is a collection of adaptation studies in relation to horror. Because what we found is in horror, often you've got the idea of transformation and transmutation, that kind of adaptation. But also as an industry, the kind of remakes and, mm-hmm. and comic book to film and so on. And um, it was a really happy project that we worked on. And then, um, and then more recently, uh, the Gothic Studies uh, group, of the part of the Edinburgh series, got in touch saying they want a book on, on film. And, and uh, it was a great chance for Jay and I to collaborate again. It was fun. It was great. And uh, let me just, uh, as an aside, what sort of conference did you attend that had a horror panel? That sounds pretty cool. It was one of the popular culture association mm-hmm. uh, conventions, which they're, they're quite something, aren't they, Jay? They're absolutely enormous. Aren't they? Huge, huge. It was a pop culture association yeah, conference, and it was, it was gigantic. Tons of panels. Wow. Tons of panels on horror, tons of panels on, I think, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was big at that time. Tons of tons of panels on pop culture stuff. Oh, wow. That's it right. was a great place. Yeah, it's a great place, isn't it? Yeah, because they have, there's really niche stuff. I mean, I whenever I go, I tend to go along to as many of the horror panels I can. But, you know, sometimes you dip into really niche stuff like motorcycle studies and album yes, cover that's studies. Right. It's just great, you know? And, uh, you know, sometimes an hour of that is enough, but it's great to see what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which city was that? Where, where, where were we, Was it in, was it, okay, was it in, um, there was, there's, there's one in Albuquerque, there was one in um, uh, San Antonio. Yeah, yeah, it was Albuquerque, wasn't it? Was it was Albuquerque? Yeah, Albuquerque, yeah. And I asked yeah, because, right. yeah, I want to track this down and look more into it. Um, but, and also I should add, I guess, um, the book is published by Edinburgh University Press, and I guess Oxford University Press is associated, just to add that uh, clarification. Um, sure. And, and Jay, so how did you get, I yes. don't think I don't think you answered uh, in detail how you got into this subject. 
Oh, well, I, I'm sure. I'm thinking my uh, my history is is fairly similar in some ways. Uh, I I started off um, when I was very very young. Uh, reading uh, horror literature is a way of learning to read. Mm -hmm. um, it was one of the only ways that I would sit down for a prolonged period of time and actually um, have my face in a book. Mm -hmm. um, this is like when I was very, very young. And uh, as I matured and went on to college and everything, it was always sort of in the back of my mind that, that, that horror and horror literature and horror film and that, that those topics would be topics that I would be pulled to again and again and again. And, um, and that's exactly what happened in graduate school when I was doing my um, my dissertation. I returned to to horror, which I guess in some ways is like my first um, experience with reading critically or even reading for entertainment. Um, and so it, it seemed fitting to uh, to come kind of full circle there. Mm -hmm. And then throughout my throughout my career, I've been writing on cinema, but largely on horror films. So it just seemed. Uh, it seemed uh, a natural progression. Mm -hmm. And uh, all right. So let's talk about the book then. And I'll read a bit of the description. You guys can address that. This um, Richard, you can start. Uh, so it says the book extends the field of Gothic film by spanning diverse historical periods, international contexts and parentheses sub genres. Um, so, Richard, I guess you can start by explaining what you mean by that. Yeah, I mean, there, there's an approach to gothic adaptation in terms of gothic film where, you know, you could you could just be looking at Jane Eyre adaptations or something, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But actually, we, we were very, very keen from the very beginning to really push this in, into the breadth that's there. And what's interesting, I think, with gothic film, it's there from the very beginning. You know, when, when people talk about sort of landmarks of early cinema, Sure, yeah, we you know we know it's D.W. Griffith, it's Buster Keaton or whatever, but actually the German expressionists and and also mm -hmm. those early Universal pictures, the silent ones, you know that it's really there. We've had a hundred years of of Gothic and horror film, so we wanted to look at that, but then also processes like adaptation and and particularly as well that aspect of of genre. So, you know, we're quite proud of having chapters that are on Gothic sci-fi or the Gothic Western or whatever, because mm. I think that's very real and it's very easy to to ignore that. And I think some scholars would say, well, you know, how, how can a, a, a Western be a Gothic film? But mm. both Jay and I are very passionate mm -hmm. to get scholars who, who are really going to push that forward because, um, you know, we think it's there. And Jay, what, what's your take on this? Um. Yeah, I, I, well, the way I kind of see the gothic is, yeah, it's 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 both a, a kind of it's both a genre and a style. Um, in some ways, it's similar to film noir in that way. Um, it's it's, uh, and so you can you can approach, you know, a, an adaptation of of Jane Eyre, for instance, um, which already has gothic elements in it, but you could approach it in a uh, in, in 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 a full on gothic way. Um, it's. I think it, it depends on the, uh, the the kind of visual um, and narrative style you deploy. Mm -hmm. So the gothic is, is is sort of a is is every bit as much of a category of in which to group text as it is a uh, a stylistic trait or a series a, a collection of stylistic traits. Mm -hmm. Now, um, before the call, Richard and I were talking about how Edinburgh likes to. Um 
for these kind of books, they like to pair up a European and a, I guess, non-European or American editor to give sort of a wider uh, view of the topic. So as an American, um, what do you think, Jay, what do you think um, your perspective on Gothic film that you brought that might be different from non-Americans might be? Wow. Hmm. Um, <laughs> that's a really, that's a really difficult question. Um, the U S as, as a, as a nation that, that was, you know, obviously, um, very young history, but is one that, um, that, and this is something that, uh, one of our contributors, uh, Joe Benson gets at in his, in his chapter on, on Westerns and horror, um, and, and Gothic in particular, um, that um, there, there's a kind of uh, there's a kind of history of of, of bloodshed and um, and violence that goes along with the settling of the United States as a nation, um, horrible violence. And so, I, I in, in many ways, I think the uh, there was a kind of I guess um, there's this kind of a, a, a gothic thread that that runs throughout U.S. history. And so that's that's sort of if I were to look at it that way, I would I would see the U.S. as as a particular or the settling of the nation as a particular kind of gothic. And I use settling and all these other, you know, colonialist terms in, 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 in quotation marks. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's that's the, that's sort of the way I would see a difference is that um, um, just sort of that the history of of the country is one that's imbued with the gothic tradition in a way that i think is is different from how uh europe um which you know is, is has been imbued with the gothic tradition for much much longer is is uh is depicted mm -hmm. i don't know if that makes any sense no it does it does and richard oh, okay and richard your your take as a european you, you know what do you think about that question yeah, no, it's an interesting one. I think, um, I mean, it, it's a terrific series that Edinburgh have produced, but, you know, it, it's often dominated by perhaps a more European perspective, volumes like the Romantic Gothic, the Victorian mm. Gothic, and, and, and so on. You know, and I, I think, um, even though they have got, you know, a terrific collection on American Gothic cultures with terrific stuff, but I think, you know, that was really, I was really keen for that. Also, you know, when people talk about the Gothic, often they're approaching it in a literary way, literary studies way. And so I think when we had the chance to produce the book on Gothic film for them, I think, um, you know, really keen to cast that net as wide as possible. Mm -hmm. And that's why, yeah, we do have, you know, early, early American film, but German film as well. But right through to, you know, hardcore pornography and the Gothic. Mm, yeah, you know, that's a final chapter in the collection. Um, Tom Watson's brilliant chapter. Um, you know, and I think that was a real agenda for, for us was that how far and deep can we push this, you know, mm. um, to be really perhaps quite different to what people suppose Gothic studies is. Mm. Yeah, and that's what I think is that's what I think is great about our volume, actually, Richard, is that it 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 does have that expansiveness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And like, you know, we've got a terrific chapter on um, Dracula in Asian cinema, haven't we? And mm -hmm. Andrew's um, mm -hmm. chapter. Absolutely terrific. And again, you know, it's, I think that's something when people look at Gothic studies, they may not look to Asian cultures. Um, but we're trying to look at that, or Andrew does certainly, that interplay with, yes. with the, something so core as Dracula, but how that's manifesting in, in Asia. Yes, yes, that's a great chapter. 
Yeah. I'm speaking with Richard Hand and Jay McCroy, editors of Gothic Film. You can find Richard Hand on his academic page at the University of East Anglia. You can find Jay McCroy at jmccroy.com. Please rate this podcast on whatever podcast feed you're listening to it on. These ratings go a long way in increasing my listenership. Please sign up for my book recommendation newsletter at chrisalvarez.com or fullcontactnerd.com. Please post your comments about this podcast or this episode on Facebook at Chris Alvarez FCN or on YouTube at Chris Alvarez. You can contact me directly on Twitter at Chris Alvarez FCN or on Instagram at Chris Alvarez Sci-Fi. If you're interested in other kinds of history, such as military history, or film TV books and comic books history, including science fiction, fantasy, and horror themes, or the history of outer space exploration, you can find the links to my other podcasts and associated book lists at historyrabbithole.com. That's rabbit as in the animal. Historyrabbithole.com. Thank you for your support. And now back to the podcast. And again, another topic Richard and I were discussing before the call, which um, is the amount of gothic in Japanese anime. And we were just talking about how it seems that the Japanese have embraced these old, uh, you know, European gothic and horror elements to use them within anime. And now the anime, as it comes back to the U.S. and Europe, it's almost like they're reinvigorating uh, interest in that in those subjects in a way back in the u.s and in europe do you guys have any comments on that no? yeah jay you're you're the my bailiwick <laughs> um okay let me let me think well the uh the gothic travels travels in interesting ways um and yeah i think there is a is a there, there's long been a uh sort of a a history of of borrowing different borrowing different modes of um of representation for instance there's been a lot of um uh, a lot of history between um say samurai film and the western in in the history of japanese and u.s cinema and, and their interactions between one another um and so um i'm not surprised at all that the uh, that the gothic travels as as well as it as it does. Um, what I think is exciting is exactly what you were you were talking about is the way in which um, that comes around full circle and how um, Japanese anime and Japanese horror cinema, for instance, um, are able to uh, to sort of borrow from the gothic, um, add it uh, their own kind of spin to it, and um, and in a sense volley it back. Um, through through uh, you know distribution of these films um, and exhibition of these films and of course then um, the the you know the the influence goes towards um, the U.S. from Japan so I, I mean I think it's a it's it's a constant sort of uh, um, cycle of of borrowing and and um, developing the genre further and it, it, where I think in particularly in this global culture these cinemas begin to influence one another becomes sometimes I think a little bit difficult to to say where one um, tradition or one style or one influence begins and another one ends at this particular stage at times. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'd, I'd also point out um, alongside anime, you know, the, the popularity of certain manga writers and, and graphic writing. I'm thinking of people like Junji Ito, 
you know, whose sites, Edgar Allan Poe and H.P. Lovecraft, as kind of core influences. Mm -hmm. You're kind of getting that melding with traditional uh, uh, Japanese demons and folklore, mm -hmm. um, producing a wonderful hybrid, as, as you say, that sort of batted back and forth. <laughs> Yeah, and my, my students know Junji Ito way better than they know uh, Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> wow. They're far more familiar with Junji Ito. Yeah. And I think it has to do with the popularity of, uh, of Ito's manga and, and, and the way in which uh, it's been being ad adapted now kind of poorly, I think, into some animated um, features. But, um, yeah, people, people love Junji Ito. Yeah. They love Gyo. They love Uzumaki. My students tend to dig it. Hmm. They do, yeah. They even have tattoos of it, don't they? Some of mine have. Yes, they do. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, wow. So, um, just to touch on Lovecraft uh, a bit, since there's always been interest, or, you know, there's been burgeoning interest, and now it seems like it's blowing up even more, um, how much is Lovecraft gothic versus just, like, alien horror or monster horror or that sort of thing how would it fit into the, what you discuss in this book either of you can answer that well i think i think i mean lovecraft you know saw himself as in the tradition of poe mm -hmm. even though later on he was sort of he was quite disparaging about some of his most poe-like stories mm -hmm. uh when it when he got into his cosmic horrors really but um so so i, I think it's i think it's there and i think um there's an interesting quality, isn't isn't there? I don't know what you think, Jay, but with this kind of Lovecraft-esque adaptations you get, I'm not saying necessarily the ones directly based on his fiction, but the ones that are tapping into that kind of Lovecraft horror world. Like The Lighthouse? Or... Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And those yeah. Madness, they, they end up being pure gothic, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. I don't think there's much of a... Of a, of a, I mean, obviously, the cosmic horror is, is dealing with, with sort of the the unimaginable or or, or that which exceeds the, the the abilities even of of um, of language to describe it, especially in the short stories where it's like, oh my god, I, I, words cannot describe this horrible monstrosity I see in front of me, and then of course he goes on for a paragraph to describe it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I think I think that there is a. Uh, um, a very, very, very close connection between them, and certainly um, in terms of his his less cosmic stuff, I think it's more um, uh, it's more akin to the to what we would traditionally consider to be the Gothic. Though I certainly think that um, that his his more cosmic Gothic stuff is more Cthulhu mythos and that sort of material um you know I, I think that he uses a lot of gothic tropes gothic motifs in the storytelling and so it's never too too far away from um from traditional gothic definitions so let me let me add a little uh, uh, additional question on that track so I, I see a lot of stuff that's lovecraft film wise does seem to be gothic but do the movies that are based directly on his stories mm. Do they use gothic elements? Would they fall into this book too, or are those more? Those seem more horror and blood and monster type movies. Mm -hmm. His the direct adaptations. Mm -hmm. um, does that make sense? Any comments on that? I mean, certainly. I mean, if you were to look at it in terms of you know, I guess the the most conspicuous gothic tropes, um, it 
it, it connects, but in in a very sort of like as you were mentioning, it's 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 more it's more monsters and you know uh, creatures from from other dimensions, and there's a there's a kind of science fiction element to it. Um, it's here I would say that the gothic as a as a style is is evident, but you know whether one would ultimately define Lovecraft as as gothic. I mean, I certainly think the argument can be made, although I can definitely see how. It might not fit as comfortably um, within the gothic genre as as or within gothic style as 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 other films, say you know the like the Woman in Black or something like that. Um, uh, that said, I mean it's 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 still I think a uh, I think that the the adaptations, whether they're by Brian Uso or whoever, uh, these adaptations of of, of Lovecraft are um, um, they they still include gothic elements though i don't know necessarily whether i would say it's an it's 100 percent a gothic adaptation or, or a gothic film um and, and of course it depends on which lovecraft we're talking about I and mean, if we're talking about something like say uh, a lovecraft inflected film something that that's inspired by lovecraft i mean i think there's a lot more um gothic elements that can be integrated into it um if we're staying close to it i mean there's still there's something about the uh the old New England settings with the uh, with the old shuttered houses and um, uh, sort of you know crawling through and, or, or 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 making one's way through mysteries and and making one's way through menacing or frightening locations, um, not knowing is 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 a huge element in, in Gothic narratives. The, dis- the, the sort of uh, discovery of something that was originally maybe beyond one's understanding. So, I mean, I, I, I think that there is very much um, a gothic strain that runs throughout H.P. Lovecraft. And like I said, I think you can make the argument both ways. I think you make the argument that Lovecraft is, you know, immersed in the gothic and gothic traditions um, at the same time that you could say he pushes the gothic maybe into new directions by including these cosmic elements. Mm-hmm. That's right. And we have to point out we not we don't say much about Lovecraft in the book actually, do we? Yeah, we don't. We don't have a Lovecraft chapter. <laughs> okay. uh, Fair enough. We don't have a romantic lit chapter either. I mean, we could have. We, there's so many more chapters we could add. I know. Yeah, we were spoiled uh, for really putting it together, weren't we? For sure. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was. You know, what? How are we going to structure it? Where are we going to put different essays? Yeah. So. Yeah. So, with that thought in mind, what would each of you say are some of the prime examples of gothic film that you talk about in the book and that can be and not necessarily you know films that are great overall but films that maybe for whatever reason really um get at the core of gothic film and and i guess richard you can start uh by answering that yeah yeah i mean i suppose there's certain core things that have become very apparent and actually, this is interesting for, for Jay and I, when we were talking to the series editors, they had expectations, I think, of the kind of thing they wanted to see, even though they were fantastic and let us get on with it and build our vision for the book. But, you know, Dracula, Frankenstein, Jekyll and Hyde, those are the kinds of things you expect to see. Um, and that's something certainly in, in the book, They they the manifestation of those in different contexts from you know, Mel Brooks comedy through to Asian horror films Mm -hmm. is really great. How those core stories, those kind of modern legends, modern myths kind of bubble up to the surface in in different ways, whether to terrify somebody or make someone laugh, you know? Um, So they're quite core. And then I think related to that, um, you know, 
Stephen King's important and this kind of later generations of, of writers. Um, and certainly, you know, we, we try and represent some of that. Mm-hmm. But it but it's certainly interesting, isn't it, Jay? Those kind of core stories, you know, the the you know Dracula, Frankenstein, Jekyll and Hyde, are, are, you know, they're, they're recurrent, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And in the, in the, in the like the motif, the Jekyll and Hyde, I, the idea of you know uh, having an, an alternative self or whatever. I mean, these these go. They're more than just connected with Jekyll and Hyde. The Jekyll and Hyde motif is something that travels across a number of different narratives in different ways. And so, yeah, absolutely. Would you say the, um, and this might sound, I, I hope this question doesn't sound dumb in any way, um, cause Gothic is rooted sort of in a specific time period, but would you say it's the late 19th century authors who have pretty much laid all the groundwork for Gothic and, and there really hasn't been others except maybe, you know, Lovecraft in the, the early ninth, um, 20th century who've adjusted it? Or are there other more recent, like, have filmmakers added to the the gothic motif in any way beyond what the writers originally um, created for audiences? And I guess, Jay, you can start. Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly I think the the contribution, well, one of the major contributions comes from the the significant difference between um, words on paper versus images and sound. Um, And so... The translation of 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 words on you know words into into image, um, I think, contains a kind of understanding of the Gothic that's going to be slightly different from what one would be what one would be adhering to in a uh, in a literary text. So, for instance, um, let me give a better example. You know, a, a, a haunted a haunted house or a bad place kind of motif, right? Um, that that often in, in Gothic narratives we have uh, usually a, a female character sort of um, um, looking to uh, to escape. Uh, and um, you know, translating written descriptions of of fear, dread into visuals so that we can see it rather than have to be told it, I think in, implies a certain kind of maybe a Maybe not a different notion of the Gothic, but certainly a uh, a different way of articulating it. Um, one that is 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 purely visual, and so um, is going to uh, necessarily exceed the the limits of of what a literal adaptation would do. There's that element of it that I think. Um, I mean, they have to think about the Gothic in a visual way, um, as opposed to. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not saying you don't do that in literature. You do, but I'm certainly in uh, in film. It's 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 ex- it's exclusively you know image in in obviously sound as well. But translating the the gothic into an image, I think, is is um, where we start to uh, to get some important um, differences and why uh, gothic film is, I think, important for us to to look at. Again, I'm not sure. If um if that answers the question or not? Yeah, it does. It does. It does. Cool, Richard. Yeah, I think one thing that's interesting is is the lens it can bring, and I'm thinking in the book, like Elaine Roth's chapter on Jordan Peele's Get Out, mm-hmm. and actually Jay's chapter looking at Hitchcock. Um, it's really exciting, I think, to to look at some of those works that we may not immediately assume are, are gothic, but through the lens of the gothic. You know, it's a real way of making sense of them, I think. You know, it's, it shines a light mm-hmm. on them. And you look at them in a different way then. So, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's what I'd add, yeah. This is kind of uh, 
not quite off topic question, but a little bit of a tangent. Um, have you both seen the Sopranos series? Yes. Mm -hmm. So, and I know it's not a film, it's a series, but I, I have this suspicion that some of the interest in it is, it feels parts of it, a lot of it feels like a gothic, like it has a gothic feel to it. You know, that a lot of uh, cold settings, you know, a lot of dreary settings and, you know, just mental anguish and stuff, you know, apart from the mob violence. Mm -hmm. Would you guys say that that series had gothic elements in any way? Yeah, I mean, the character of, of Tony, I mean, he's sort of a he's, he's an interesting figure because he's both sort of a gothic villain and a gothic hero at the same time. He's uh, he's an interesting character, you know. He's he's uh, he's violent. He's he's uh, you know he's I guess uh, he's domineering. So he's 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 monstrous in those senses, and yet he's he's very much at you know at, anguished by his his actions, anguished by um, the the life that he's living that he's surrounding. So in some ways, he's he's sort of put upon almost like a gothic hero would be. Um, I don't know, Richard, what do you think? Yeah, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought of that. But as, as soon as you say that, yeah, you think of the mental anguish, as you say, and also the dark secrets, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and Tony Soprano as, as kind of creator and destroyer. There is something Frankensteinian about him. There is. <laughs> um, and the terrible things he, he does at times, you know, which is, you know, is, is Frankenstein trying to destroy the creature that he so lovingly created, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, that was just an aside. It's just something I've always wanted to explore about the series, yeah. so I just wanted your take well, on that. Yeah, also, just following that up, I mean, you could say something about its use of suspense and structure, couldn't you? Because mm -hmm. you know, sometimes with Sopranos, you're kind of, you know, you're, you're waiting for the next set piece of violence or, or you know, hmm. you're enjoying the kind of the conversationalism, the day-to-day -day stuff, but then you know there, there are going to be set pieces like that. There's a new series on, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but called Gangs of London, which does a similar thing. It's about the various factional gangs in, in London, gangster setup. And it, that's something with that, you know you're going to get two or three extremely violent sequences, revenge mm -hmm. attacks or, or provocations. Mm -hmm. um, and in that way, that is like a gothic tradition, you know, where you get your shilling shocker moment of yeah. terror, you know. <laughs> yeah. The setup. It's the blood. Thing, you know <laughs> yeah which you see in frankenstein dracula and jekyll and hyde you know it's coming uh, yeah that's right yeah 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 <laughs> i'm speaking with richard hand and jay mccroy editors of gothic film you can find richard hand on his academic page at the university of east anglia you can find jay mccroy at jaymccroy.com please rate this podcast on whatever podcast feed you're listening to it on these ratings go a long way in increasing my listenership. Please sign up for my book recommendation newsletter at chrisalvarez.com or fullcontactnerd.com. Please post your comments about this podcast or this episode on Facebook at chrisalvarezfcn or on YouTube at chrisalvarez. You can contact me directly on Twitter at chrisalvarezfcn or on Instagram at Chris Alvarez Sci-Fi. If you're interested in other kinds of history, such as military history, or film TV books and comic books history, including science fiction, fantasy, and horror themes, or the history of outer space exploration, 
You can find the links to my other podcasts and associated book lists at historyrabbithole.com. That's rabbit as in the animal, historyrabbithole.com. Thank you for your support. And now back to the podcast. So I was going to turn towards how you guys uh, did your research, but are there any, would you like to point out any of the essays, anything we haven't uh, touched on, um, issues that they talk about that you find uh, particularly interesting? Uh, and Richard, you can start. Yeah, well, you know, I think we're both really pleased with the, the range of things we, we've got, um, you know, and, and that, in, as we are saying, that kind of historical timeline that people might might expect. Um, but I suppose that, that range again and, and the way that, like, Jay looks at film noir in relation to Gothic is, you know, really refreshing look at that because film noir is such a kind of well-embedded academic field of film studies. But actually this twist by looking at Gothic, I think, adds something very, very fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, the way Adam Charles Hart looking at Hammer films. Like, again, oh, that's a good essay too, yeah. It's, it's a great essay, isn't it? It's something very yeah. well-worn and familiar. Of course, Hammer films is all about the Gothic and its place in British film history as a way of reviving the British film industry by going back to Gothic literature, you know. Mm-hmm. But actually, um, you know, Adam's particular take on it is, is really fascinating as the kind of, phenomenon of new horror at that time great stuff you know mm-hmm. um i suppose other things i mean one other one i'd mention is anna powell looking at you know Jean yes. so surrealist animation and particularly his um you know not not particularly well-known sort of batch of poe adaptations you know so it's a it's great uh combination of things there and jay Oh, he took my Anna Powell essay. Sorry, <laughs> uh, No, it's all good. Because um, that, that chapter on, on surrealism in, in the Gothic, I think, is one of my favorite um, chapters in, in, in the book. Yeah, in, in terms of, I mean, one of the things I'm most proud of with this, with this volume is the array of voices that we have. I, I think, you know, obviously, you know, there's, there's, there's always new chapters. You're like, oh my god, we could add a Lovecraft chapter, but eventually you have to kind of rein it in at, at, at some point um, for, for the for the book to get to get published. But in terms of uh, in terms of films and other chapters, I mean, that's uh, we've 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 hit on a number of them. I mean, there's 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 I think one of the things that's it's great is we have chapters that are both um, historically based. Right. So um, we have a, a chapter, for instance, on, on early cinema and looking at uh, examples of um, gothic films that, that go back to, say, you know, Edison's Frankenstein. Right. Um, and we also have, um, you know, interesting sort of uh, hybrids like we have a, a director like um, Park Chan-wook, who's a, a South Korean filmmaker um, who makes his first U.S. film um, in a film called Stoker. Um, and it ends up being, in, in a sense, a kind of revisitation of, uh, of things like Hitchcock's Shadow of a Doubt and Psycho. Um, at the same time, he's, he's very consciously deploying um, Western Gothic motifs, um, from a, obviously from a, a, a cultural perspective that is, that is non-Western. And so it's, um, you know, those are the kinds of things that I think that the, the volume offers that are, that are really, really useful, both that and the... Um, the, really, the combination between um, sort of historical perspectives, but also um, you know analytical essays, where we where, where it's it's um, you know breaking down um, specific shots and sequences in order to to uh, you know in order to reveal the sort of the gothic underpinnings. 
Mm-hmm. I was just reading an essay on the movie Alien. Um, one, does that count as a gothic film? And two, whether or not it does, are there gothic films in space that you could uh, mention? Well, we have got the chapter by Geraint Darcy that, that looks mm-hmm. at gothic science fiction. And, you know, Alien is, is pretty central to that. Mm. Um, and it's, it's a great, it's a very persuasive essay, I think. You know, I think there's a tendency to think, well, you know, science fiction couldn't be more different. It's an actually escape from from the kind of cobwebs of the <laughs> Gothic. But actually, Geraint, I think, shows that how close the affinity really, really is, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, he, and he starts by looking at some 1950s examples like the thing from another world. And, and of course, it's, it's pretty obviously Gothic. But, uh, but then he does launch into some close studies of, of films like Alien. Uh, you know, which which are the language is all there. The semiotics and language of the Gothic is absolutely there, I think. Um, but it's great to have a you know sustained exploration of that. <laughs> hmm. And Jay, do you have any additions? Uh, I, I'm, I'm a, I, I would I would advocate on behalf of Alien as a Gothic film for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's ultimately a haunted house in space. You know, yeah. and so, um, yeah, in some ways, science fiction tends to take us away from the cobwebs. But one of the things I think was is interesting about Alien is Alien brings the cobwebs with it yeah. um, yeah. into space with them, you know. Um, and so when we have the uh, the alien, lo- uh, you know, in, in the ship and, and of course, the entire ship is 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 designed in a way that 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 calls to mind the alien's own physiology. And so um, the, the alien becomes difficult to find, obviously, inside of this in this vessel, which is filled with shadows and dripping water and, and, and chains and, okay. and, and tubing and, and, you know, hissing noises and, and all sorts of uh, kind of these, these spooky elements, right? The characters are constantly walking around in, in, in almost you know the the dark you know searching for this this monster that's in this house and trying to get out at the same time trying to avoid um you know being destroyed by this creature so i would say that alien is is for sure a science fiction film that that deals very heavily in the gothic and i think it's another example of how the gothic is a is a style that can be that can be transported onto and transposed onto um all sorts of genres Right, so you can have you can have gothic sci-fi, gothic westerns, gothic romance, you know, um, uh, gothic comedy. I mean, one more thing about Alien there as well. It's it's interesting this kind of place of of performance, isn't it? Because you know, looking at something like Alien, it's not that different to early classic gothic films like Cat and the Canary, is it? No, it's <laughs> similar. A creature in the house, and there's creaking mm. corridors, and uh, not much light. You know, it's um, it's it's very recognisable, and and that's interesting. I think that process of um, the 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 time based experience of watching a movie or a stage play, because Cat and the Canary was a huge stage play before they made the film version, hmm. but it is that unfurling, isn't it? And it's the thrill ride gets the heart beating as the audience sits there watching. <laughs> Do either of you have an example of the strangest application of gothic elements to a Ooh. setting? Um, I'll let either of you answer that if you have, if you have any, uh, ideas, nothing jumps out at you as like, well, that was, that was an odd mix. Well, I'll I tell you, I suppose it's one thing I touch on in, in my own chapter, if I may, is just that the place of kind of the Gothic in children's cinema mm. and family friendly stuff. So 
the example I, I give is the film version of Ready Player One, mm. where in the novel, the, uh, the 1980s movie that the characters have to live through is War Games. Mm. But in the film version, they change it to The Shining. And I couldn't believe it because I took my son to see it. And then suddenly I thought, my God, we were in the Overlook Hotel. You know, and I thought, are they really <laughs> going to take us through The Shining? And they kind of did in a very ingenious way, actually, I must say. But um, so that, that really surprised me that they'd use that as a point of reference. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Jay, do you have one? Oh, I'm still thinking. Um, it can be like geez. a Rorschach test, like the first yeah, thing that, is, that pops is, out in your head. Like. <laughs> um, <laughs> it sounds like um, you're you're pretty amenable to gothic in anything without without yeah, question. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's hard for me to. I mean, because whenever I see it, I'm. I mean, there's times when I'm. You know, there's there's moments like, the, for instance, the, the example that Richard mentioned, where it's like, well, why is this here? Um, but then you know, it, it kind of makes a, a kind of sense. I think that with um, for me, I mean, I'm I'm. I think I'm I'm less surprised when I see the Gothic appear in in places because it it seems that it's it it's such a uh, it's such a well traveled style that 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 I'm never really too surprised when it appears. Um, I mean, there's there's moments. I, I think that the, the element of of uh, you know whenever I see it inside of a children's uh, production, something specifically made for children, right? Where suddenly there's this there's this Gothic. Reference that I think are there not for the kids themselves, although although I think obviously the kids see it and laugh or whatever. Um, but I think are there for the, uh, the 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 parents and the adults who are in the same room as the children watching it on. Uh, let me give you an example: um, SpongeBob SquarePants, mm-hmm. right? Um, where you would expect the gothic not to show up, or right. or maybe to show up in a in a in a, in a very um, coded way right um there's a there's this moment where they're all obviously that you know they're all under the sea whatever in a pineapple um and um they're inside this house and the lights keep going on and off right and they're like you know who's turning the lights on and off and and they look over and 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 it cuts to an image of uh max shrek from nosferatu um standing next to a, a light switch on the wall turning it on and off Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, and and they're like, Nosferatu. It's like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> right. Um, and it's like, well, wait a minute. What the hell was that about? <laughs> Why was Nosferatu suddenly in SpongeBob SquarePants for about 20 seconds and then disappears? Yeah. You know, so there there are moments like that where where it's especially in a in a, in a children's piece where you see something that is uh, not just not just coded as the Gothic, but so specific mm-hmm. to a very particular Gothic text and a very particular gothic image um yeah so there are moments like that that's right yeah you made me think jay i mean the, the, the time. times like the music from psycho shower scene is used in cartoons <laughs> yeah, yeah um, or you know, on sesame street as well right i watched an episode of sesame street where the why well, yeah because jay watches sesame street all day but i was, <laughs> I, was I remember seeing an episode of sesame street where they had a parody of twin peaks Hmm. And um, and it was very very creepy, and I was like, "What is this?" Uh, <laughs> you know, but that is uh, the other, the other uh, again. I don't know how much that's there for the children. I think that's there for the adults. Yeah, yeah. Keep them keep them engaged. Yeah, but um, one one thing um also strikes me is this kind of gothic structuring. You see it in documentary, don't you? Increasingly. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking there's a fantastic um, documentary made a few years ago called Dreams of a Life, which is a true story 
about the young woman in London who died in a flat, but they didn't find a body for seven years. You know, when oh, they did. I remember this. Yeah, and the TV I remember this story. And I, it, I mean, it's a shocking story or a very sad story. But the film is—it's a documentary, and they talk to people who knew her and, and everything. Um, but in a way, it's structured like a, a horror film. It, the way mm. it un, unravels and reveals information. Um, and they find a recording of the woman's voice when she did some demo singing. And the way that's presented, really quite eerie. It's like a spectral visitation. Hmm. Um, and all the time you, you're told it's true, it's true. You know, the whole story. And mm-hmm. it struck me that there's those examples of documentary that kind of do unfurl themselves like that, don't they? In, in the, you know, and even um, podcasts like Serial, you know. Yes. It's a great yeah. narrative, isn't it? <laughs> hmm. Interesting. And it's sort of a plug, side plug for this podcast. Since you mentioned SpongeBob, um, I actually interviewed in a previous episode Bob Kemp, who's now one of the producers for SpongeBob, and he's associated with, uh, he was co-creator of the old Ren and Stimpy show. Uh, Oh, nice. So, uh, yeah, so just a little plug there. And I actually have to, I want to double check and see if he ever talks about incorporating uh, gothic or creepy stuff in the um, in his work yeah 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 ren and stimpy that's that's well um gothic isn't it oh for sure and, and body horror on the, on top of it man Ooh. yeah yeah <laughs> oh so you guys are being so you're serious about that i thought uh no i'm serious there's this um ren and stimpy i mean it's, you'll 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 suddenly have a close-up of a of a diseased mouth you know, or, or, or an abscessed tooth or something, and it's like, what the heck is this? And it's like she, pure body horror, like, explodes out of this, you know, um, comedy, which is often very over-the-top physical comedy in, in a cartoon animated form anyway, so, um, yeah. Yeah, there was that episode, wasn't there, where Ren got incarcerated in a cave like a good Poe character and <laughs> built a kind of playmate out of his earwax or something i mean oh my god that's that's you know i don't know if i remember that episode but that sounds like a perfect ren and simpy episode Hmm. so like yes that sounds the earwax companion that sounds perfect Hmm. so there is so there is a horror slash gothic element to uh to these cartoons subtle uh elements i guess in a sense subtle but yeah but they're there yeah yeah huh so kind of a cheap question for each of you but if you had to give examples of your your favorite you know one two three favorite gothic type films uh that people that you think people should see uh richard you can start Ooh, um i guess um i mean actually jay mentioned one earlier didn't he the lighthouse i thought that was a fantastic achievement mm-hmm. Um, that I really enjoyed that because it used very much old cinema techniques, um, but it was a wonderful modern gothic story. Uh, fantastic script and the two central performances, obviously magnificent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found that I, that was the last film I saw at the cinema before lockdown, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was a fitting <laughs> one to see. I think <laughs> so. Something like that I felt was a real, real sort of reawakening of, of the genre. Um, and uh, other, other things, I mean, I, I, I kind of um, love films like, um, you know, Night of the Living Dead is, is, a, is a, you know, benchmark in sort of horror film, but it's also a terrific kind of 
social angst movie in the way that the Gothic does so well. And in that way, in the tradition of Jekyll and Hyde and Frankenstein, mm. you know, where, where something strange is happening to the human body. <laughs> mm. So, uh, so uh, you know, I don't get tired of those old classics either. Um, and, and one other one I'd flag up then as a third. Um, I thought Jordan Peele's film Us was a terrific achievement. I think in mm. some ways... But everyone was like, I'm not as good as Get Out, blah, blah, blah. But actually, I thought as a picture of a society, um, as a whole society and the the underworld of that, I thought it was a really fascinating modern Gothic vision uh, suitable for, for the, I was going to say Trump's America, but probably the Western world at the moment. <laughs> mm, interesting. And I'll add one, one add-on. Is there a Gothic film out there that people haven't seen you know, across any over the hundred years that isn't well known that you think people should check out. Jay, yes. your, your your favorite examples of gothic. Well, I, I really I really enjoyed um the both versions of uh of well the two versions of Nosferatu that I'm most familiar with, the uh the FW Murnau, mm-hmm. um the original uh German expressionist silent film, um but also the uh the nineteen I believe it's nineteen seventy nine uh, remake um, by Werner Herzog um, is particularly um, good. I, I, I just I just had an opportunity to rewatch it not that long ago, which is probably why it's at the top of my list at the moment. Um, and I remember being just just blown away by it. Um, and so that would be an example. Um, uh, a woman walks to home alone at night. Um, walks home alone at night. I believe it's the title. Um, it's a it's an Iranian um, vampire film. Mm. Um, that's a really 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 great one. Um, the Eyes of My Mother is another movie that I enjoyed um, recently. Um, again, uh, a, a gothic film that I don't think it's nearly the uh, the amount of attention that it should get. Hmm. Interesting. And Richard, did you come up with one that uh, that you'd like people to check out? Well, I mean one. I mean, I really like films like um, The Innkeepers, which I think I, I certainly found my students don't really know it, and yet they can they, they find quite an interesting affinity with it. Um, I think um, Ty West's films like um, House of the Devil Ooh. were much more successful, but I think The Innkeepers is a mm. little gem. It's beautifully filmed. The sound design is absolutely stunning. Mm. Um, the way it's filmed in a, in a seedy hotel and everything, so you know, I, I'm always pleasantly surprised by, by movies like that. So as you do this editing work, do you guys, um, do you watch everything that's referenced? You know, how do you go about accessing these films and, and getting to them? Are they all readily accessible or are there some that are very difficult to, to get your hands on? Well, some of the um, case studies are really quite obscure, whether it's the, the Asian films or the hardcore pornography. Mm. So, uh, you know, but um, but how we, we approach people who were experts in this field and, mm-hmm. you know, we had some really um, fantastic kind of established names like, like um, Xavier Aldana Ray's big name in Gothic studies. But we're also very keen on emerging scholars as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, it's interesting. I, I found with every essay I was looking at, you know, I was learning things and I have a list of stuff that I'd want to pursue and, and watch. Mm-hmm. And Jay? Well, that's that's part of the part of the pleasure of it is 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 being turned on to, or or, or pointed towards uh, essays that or, or films that are that are difficult to to get to. 
I'm trying to think of which ones for me um, that I that I sought out. For instance, in the uh, in the Western chapter, there were a number of of westerns, including classics like The Searchers, that I hadn't seen in you know almost a decade. Mm-hmm. Right, so I found myself. Um, revisiting um, films, particularly films that you, to go back to something we were talking about a little bit earlier, that that you might not normally maybe associate with the gothic right off the start. A movie like, for instance, The Searchers, where we have, you know, like a character who's, who has been, you know, kidnapped, um, let's put it that way, and, 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 and the, the person's going to, to retrieve her. Um, that uh, one of the things that uh, the, the essay on Gothic Westerns does is, is locate um, that particular narrative within a Gothic tradition. Um, and, uh, and so for me, I was like, well, I'm going to have to watch The Searchers again. Um, or I'm not, I don't know how I'm going to, uh, I mean, in order for me to get the most out of this essay, in order for me to be able to edit this essay, I need to rewatch certain films. So I found myself rewatching a lot of movies hmm. um, uh, and, uh, and, and, and tracking down films. And of course, you know, it, it's, it's a lot easier now to find films in it than it used to be. Um, now, of course, there's so much stuff streaming and, and, and so many outlets for, for, for movies, including movies that are, that are really hard to find. They have their own sort of web pages where you can, where you can find those films, things that are out of print, etc. So I think that um, the, the time that we live in right now is one where it's, uh, it's increasingly easy to, to get a hold of films that are, that are hard to find, which is maybe something that this volume will do is inspire people to seek out um, some of these movies that they may not have thought about um, or may not have seen in, in a long time or may not have seen ever and to, uh, to add those to their own sort of personal queue of, of films. Did, uh, and you each might have already touched on this question, but I'll, I'll revisit it. Reading and editing these essays, what did each of you, what what were each of you most surprised by that you discovered? And uh, Richard, you can start. Yeah, I think I think it's just that sheer breadth. I think, like in Andrean's um, essay on on Dracula in Asian cinema, you know what a rich tradition it has in its own right, and it's not common knowledge in the West. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's a tendency to think we own Dracula. You know, um, actually. We don't, and it, that that was really, really exciting. Mm. And similarly, I think that that lens, like Jay talking about film noir, or, or um, you know um, Michael Coven talking about Italian Gothic cinema, mm-hmm. you know, it's a- absolutely so refreshing to to get that perspective. So I think for me that was that was terrific. Mm-hmm. And Jay, well, yeah, certainly the the breath is 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 huge, um, but also I, I was constantly surprised by how well. The uh, the essays work in relation to one another as well. I mean, yeah, they 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 deal with often very 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 different kinds of of text, but um, at the same time that they do that, there are um, a number of places where we'll have theoretical overlappings or where um, where similar texts will be will be written about from slightly different perspectives by two or three different writers. Um, so I mean I, I think that there's a I was always constantly surprised myself by the amount of times that there was uh, really I think valuable overlap um, between different uh, different writers in in the, in the essays that they wrote. As you did your editing work, uh, each of you, how much did you have to go back, or do you do much of um, uh, questioning conclusions, or or say, oh, I think this needs more support. Um, how, how much do you shape 
the essays? Yeah, that that's an interesting question. I mean, in in some cases, we had some wonderful um, uh, kind of people were looking very broadly at screen, really, more than just film. So we did mm-hmm. have some interesting television work, but then we had a guidance from the series editors that they really wanted it to be about film and cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that was quite interesting for us, wasn't it, Jay? That yeah, yeah, would have been really good looking at television gothic. But, um, you know, that, that's another volume, I guess, eventually. <laughs> that would be cool. But certainly with some people, yeah, it was nice to have getting into a dialogue with, with some of them. And then others would just amaze you because they'd come up with these, these amazing essays, you know, that this kind of area they've been working on. But, um, but it, it was nice. We'd sort of take turns, wouldn't we, Jay? One of us would look at half of it and then we'd swap over. And yeah, yeah. It, it, I, think, I think it worked out really, really, really well, the yeah. way we divided up the work. And, yeah, for sure. Did you have any problems finishing the book or, and I guess getting it published was, was pretty simple. The, the publisher came to you with the ideas or did you propose it to them? We were approached and actually that was one of the longest phases um, was, was developing the proposal mm-hmm. partly because of that kind of thing where they'd say, actually, we want less TV or um, there's not enough on Dracula in the book. Can we have more mm-hmm. <laughs> look at, looking at Dracula or whatever? Um, so that, there was a bit of back and forth with that. But obviously, you know, the series editors um, have a vision for this incredible library they're building. Um, so but but then they entrusted us, I think, you know, handed it over and, and, and we got on with the job. But um, but it was it was interesting. Yeah. And and how we structured the book, we, we had a couple of versions of that, to say the least, didn't we? Jeff? We did. Yeah, we had to keep we restructured it, I think, three times or four times. <laughs> hmm. So what's, uh, for each of you, what's your next editing or writing project? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, well, right now I'm, I'm, I'm starting, I have a sabbatical next semester, um, and I'm, I'm looking to, uh, to start writing on uh, experimental film war. Hmm. Um, that's something that I've been much more uh, interested in, particularly um, in terms of, in relation to digital, digital video and digital media. So that's sort of where my... Um, my own research is, is, is heading at the moment. Um, uh, I don't have a, a particular volume that I'm, I'm working on right now, although I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about several different articles that I, that I might be able to, uh, to write over this sabbatical. I don't know. Richard, what are you up to? Yeah, well, funnily enough, t- today I got a contract, to, um, which is great, based on a proposal I put in, which is to write a book on the innocence, you know, the night. 19- oh, nice. Yeah, 61 film based on Henry James' Turn of the Screw. Classic bit of British horror cinema, perhaps the, the great British horror film, maybe. Um, and so I've got a commission to do that. So the book will come out next year to mark the 60th anniversary of the film. Sweet. So um, I'm thrilled to be working on that. So that's a nice one. It's pretty cool. And the other thing I'm doing is... That is um, really cool, man. Yeah. I'm also developing a J, you know, my interest in radio. So I'm developing yes. a book on adaptation and radio and uh, the gothic will be pretty central to that <laughs> nice so where can uh, people find each of you on the on the web do you have web pages social media that sort of thing well for me it's probably best um if they look through the university university of east anglia in the uk um i've got a profile there so it's and you know they can email me or, or whatever if they're interested I'd be mm-hmm. delighted to talk things gothic mm-hmm. okay and Jay? 
Um, I can be found through the University of Wisconsin Parkside, mm-hmm. um, but I also have a website, which is www.thejmcroy, just my name, T-H-E-J-A-Y-M-C-R-O-Y.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that's mostly where I put my um, stuff for teaching and, and that kind of thing for students. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a place where one can find me online. Um, and uh, obviously, you know, through the school, through my uh, university uh, email. And again, I'd be happy to hear from anyone as well. Sure. Okay. That's all the questions I have. Do you, uh, either of you have any final thoughts or words? I, all I'd say is, um, you know, tell, tell people to uh, keep watching movies. Uh, it's a good time to be doing that. It has to be said. And, uh you know, and once you start looking for the gothic, you can see it everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Suddenly it's everywhere. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I want to thank um, you for having for having us on. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. It was a really interesting conversation. Thank you both. Yeah. But I, I would I would echo uh, uh, Richard's sentiments, you know, watch watch a lot of movies and, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, and just uh, be safe, I guess, at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, Full Contact Nerd, please subscribe. Please also rate Full Contact Nerd and review it if you can. I have many more options to nerd out on sci-fi, fantasy, and horror. You can check out my website, chrisalvarez.com. That's Chris without an H. I have 20 mini blogs on the site covering sci-fi, fantasy, Horror, gaming, writing, mysteries, folklore, mythology, and many more topics. You can find my video playlists and my original videos on YouTube under Chris Alvarez. I cover sci-fi short films and games, fantasy fiction, horror short films and games, video and board game design, and more. You can get interesting news on fiction and fiction studies on my Twitter page. Chris Alvarez FCN. You can find cosplay and convention photos on my Instagram page, Chris Alvarez Sci-Fi. You can sign up for my newsletter on new books on my websites, chrisalvarez.com or fullcontactnerd.com. Thank you for listening and keep imagining the past, the present, and the future.